let's pray before we begin. Lord please let us understand your word and put it in our hearts. May it shape our lives to be more like your Son. In Jesus' name we ask, Amen. Sixty-three years ago, last June the 28th, no preacher would have thought of bringing the message I'm going to bring this morning. Wasn't needed. That I'd ever preach a message on Sunday morning like I'm going to preach this morning. Our nation faces end time sins and signs. I started to say if God doesn't change his mind, but I'll change that. Since God doesn't change his mind, we're in for it. I've been reminded again this week to preach and make it real plain and give the scripture on something that has eaten and is eating the vitals out of our nation. Somebody put this clipping, said Texaco asks Hope, that's Bob Hope, to ease off of Anita. This is um, the Associated Press coming from Stillwater, Oklahoma. Comedian Bob Hope said Texaco, which sponsors many of his television specials, has asked him to quit making jokes about Anita Bryant and gay liberation. Hope, who also makes commercials for the oil company, said Texaco urged him to please, please lay off the Anita Bryant jokes because customers started tearing up their credit cards and sending them a bag. We still got a few decent people left. Yes, sir. Amen. I recommend that every Texaco card holder, unless they stop that, just tear them up and get rid of them. I mean, go to Good Guff or Exxon or something else. I don't believe we ought to patronize people that make fun of somebody that stands for God. All right. This is something, I don't know where it came from. They put it on my table last night. It's uh, a laughing, uh, bug-eyed, Episcopal woman priest. Now, in the first place, she's out of place. God never did lead anybody to ordain a woman priest. God never will turn out to be a she. There's nothing feminine, uh, feminine about God. Now, here's the strange thing. Her four children are bemused by all the fuss. One says, I think the old lady's crazy for doing it. That's according to her 18-year-old daughter. She always finds time for us, though she doesn't cram religion down our throats. I doubt if she's got anything to cram down on. And the young boy says he answers the phone these days and says, Heaven, God speaking, at the irreverence. They're making fun. Notice, this is another thing that inspired the message. Somebody says, um, you know, I'm gay. 
And uh, this priest responded, so what? You don't ask who I'm sleeping with, I won't ask who you're sleeping with. That's a so-called priest, and that's of the devil. And dear friend, that kind of stuff invites the judgment of God that will not be long in falling. I want you to stand, and let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come to grips this morning in this 11 o'clock service here in Corpus Christi with one of the, at least one of the Goliaths of the devil in sin in this day. And dear Lord, I pray today that we may have a burden for folks. We realize the world says no hope and no help. But we believe that Jesus is able to save to the uttermost and the guttermost those who come to God by him. Now bless our nation and bless our churches and stir us and stick us and pick us awake today. In Jesus' name, amen. I call your attention to Genesis chapter 19. You'd say, Brother Olaf, why do you have to go to the first book of the Bible to find the Sunday morning text? Well, may I remind you that we're just going through these days again. And when I come up on Lot's day, I'll read the scripture that had to do with Lot. And in the book of Luke, God said, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Now, I need to find out what it was like over in the days of love. And I just go over when he lived and get the record. And so I ask you to turn to the record today. And there came two angels. That's chapter 19, verse 1. There came two angels to Sodom at Eve. Now, if you want to know how he got there, you could go back and read where... The cowboys of Lot and the cowboys of Abraham had a feud going, and they were having strife, and Abraham said, it's not right. And uh, he said, I guess we've come to the parting of the ways, and he said, Lot, what do you want? And he lifted up his eyes and saw the Jordan Valley that was full of grass. And he said, that's good enough for me. I'll settle for grass. And Abraham, you can have the grace. And Abraham stayed with grace. And Lot, the Bible says, pitched his tent toward Sodom. Now, I don't think he moved immediately from the family altar that Abraham had brought him up at. I don't think he went immediately to Sodom. It may take a little time to get to Sodom. fact is, it's taken America 200 years to get to Sodom. Oh, we're there now, boys. I mean, the newspapers and the television and uh, uh, the so-called gay preachers and pastors and all the rest of them and the clamor they've got, the demonstration, and their deal for complete liberation and emancipation and recognition and all of it tells me we're right there. I think America is bolder in sin along this land than Lot ever was. And that uh, Sodom and Gomorrah... And so he said... Uh, uh, two angels came to Sodom and Eve, and Lot sat in the gate of, the, of Sodom, and 
Lot seeing them old meet them, he bowed himself with his face toward the ground, and he said, Behold now, my Lord, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, wash your feet, and you shall rise up early, and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. He pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him, and entered into his house, and he made them a feast, and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before then, before they lay down, the men, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed this house round, both old and young, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us, that we may know them. I think all of you know what that word know means. That's the same term they used in the Bible when somebody got married and he knew his wife and she conceived and they were to start the family. Same word. This vile, vulgar, depraved, degenerated, uh, defeated bunch of men, both, now notice who's there, the men and the boys. That shows you the home's completely broken down. The men didn't say to the little boys, y'all stay home now, and we've got a little errand to run, we're going to rape heaven tonight. That's exactly the picture that he's giving here. And notice, Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after him and said, I pray you, brethren, uh-oh, man, Lot, what's happened to you since you left? Abraham's daughter, brethren? You mean a bunch of homos? You mean a bunch of guys that like... You mean those dudes are your brothers? I realize, dear friend, and I know of no more dangerous preaching than this right here. They're going to be the most vicious... Listen, did you know that the, all the mass murders have been committed by homosexuals? Now, I've counted the cost as I preach this and put it on 160-some-odd radio station, Brother Bill. They need to go. This message needs to go, and it will go on all of our stations. Now, and I said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold, now, this is one of the saddest verses in the Bible. I have two daughters which have not known man. They're pure. I've got two little virgins. Never had a date. Never stooped in sin. They're not married. Brother, there's some things that need to wait until you get married. I'm surprised and shocked at what the people are saying now about the being healthy if you live an immoral life. That's not the way it turned out. People are un You look at the little girls and the shape they're in and the women and the shape they're in and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wish. I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you and do ye to them as is good in your eyes only. Unto these men do nothing. For therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. 
And they said, Stand back! And they said again, This one fellow came in to sojourn, and he will need be a judge. Now will we deal worse with thee than with him? And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. I want to go with that again see what you see. And they said, Who's that? That's that bunch of men. Stand back. And they said again, This one fellow came in the sojourn. And he will need be a judge. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. It doesn't stretch my imagination to believe that Jesus came. He's the only one that's got a right to be a judge. And I think without one shadow of a doubt, that bunch of homosexuals would have raped Jesus if they could have gotten to it. The rumors. They're putting out films now on the love life of Jesus. That he had an affair with Mary Magdalene, a dirty lie. Discounting the purity. And brother, if you can discount the purity of Christ, you can make him a sinner and he's no longer a savior. And I'm still lost in my sins and hell would be my home if that were to be true, but that's not true. You know, I said on the radio, I'm getting sick of the liquor cloud establishing what the Bible says about liquor drinking. And I'm getting tired of the immoral crowd telling us what the Bible teaches us about the relationship between the sexes. They're wrong to start with. Watch their life. God never did give a sinful bunch like that discernment to understand the Scripture. Never did. I'm going to give you seven reasons in a minute, but let's read and see what happened. But the men put forth their hands and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut to the door. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great. You know what that means? I think it meant the top-notch officials came. Probably from the White House. We've had enough of it, haven't we? I mean the small and the great. I think it means the little boys and the dads and the old men dying this both small and great so that they wearied themselves to find the door. You think of that. They were determined, weren't they? The determination of sin. And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou any here? Beside. Now turn with me, please, to the book of Romans, and we'll see the other side in the New Testament. Now you know it's Romans chapter 1. I begin reading at verse 21. That's 121. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like, made like the corruptible man and birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Now notice the series of three God gave them up. Verse 24, Wherefore God 
also gave them up to unclean through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Now verse 26. For this cause God gave them up under vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Now notice the company that it keeps. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful to knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Now, brethren, I want to give you seven reasons this morning why this thing is destroying our nation, and I want to give you the seven characteristics of this type of end-time sin. Number one, it's unnatural. And it'll wind you up without natural affection. It is unseemly, the Bible says. Unnatural, that's number one. Number two, it's unholy. And the Bible said unmerciful. And when something is unholy, it'll be unmerciful. That's the reason there's so much sex murder. That's the reason there's so much strain. Can you imagine what you've read in the paper uh, the last few years of how uh, people, dead bodies, were molested and then uh, carved to pieces and peddled and shipped and wrapped in cellophane packages? I said it's unmerciful. You say, what makes people do that ruins your mind? It ruins their mind. I've had people come to me this week, and we're facing the homosexual problem in the lives of our children today. Did you know that the sins that have been promoted and practiced and produced on television are now being practiced in the lives of the people who watch it? Now then, let me ask you this. With homosexual pictures uh, from the various studios coming in, what's it going to do to the young people? 
You'll get hooked on this depraved, degraded, end-time sin, just like you will on dope, heroin, or filth of any kind. And there's the danger. It's unnatural. It's unholy. It's unmerciful. And, uh, number three, it's unscriptural. Now, that settles it with me. The Bible takes a firm stand, and the Bible puts the death sentence on the homosexual. I said it's unscriptural. You can read this old holy Bible through from cover to cover, and you'll never find anything but condemnation for that kind of sin. I may have stopped long enough to say that if anybody practicing or bordering on that kind of practice, and you're not getting under conviction by now, it may be that your mind is nearing the reprobate stage. And I warn you, dear friend, this is the only sin in the Bible that God says three times, I'll give you up, I'll give you up, I'll give you up. That's the most serious thing I know of. You may give me up and I could make it, but when God gives me up, I'm done. I mean, no need praying. No need me praying. You praying. When I get to the place of a full-fledged reprobate man, and this is the outstanding cause of a reprobate man, it's the most dangerous sin there is. It dehumanizes anybody that practices. Now, you say, why do you preach on this? Why doesn't the psychiatrist preach what you preach? He doesn't believe there's any hope. He looked at an old boy or a girl or somebody else, a lesbian, a homosexual. He said, you just got to live with it. I mean, it's just one of those things. I mean, you were made like that. And if you want to call it a sickness, but there's no cure. Brother, I don't have to preach that kind of fatal preaching. Thank God you're not futile and you're not helpless if you've got enough mind today to realize that it's sin and you're sorry for it. We'll confess and forsake it. God will forgive you and deliver you from it. That's the reason the preacher's the only man in town that's got an answer to it. But when some of these little loop-legged, sissy, feminine, high-heeled shoes and little uh, outfits get up in the pulpit and announce that they're gay, they announce that they're gone. I believe every preacher has called himself gay, and dear friend, they've corrupted that word. It used to be a good word. But when he gets up in the pulpit and takes no stand against his own sin, as far as I'm concerned, that church has a preacher with a reprobate man. What hope has the church of the few? None. It'll be as rotten as the pulpit. It's unnatural. It's unseemly. It's unholy. It's unmerciful. It's unscriptural. Number four. I wish I knew some other way to put it, but there's no other way. It's unclean. It's just unclean. Oh, my soul. The uncleanness, just the uncle, the filth. And may I just go ahead? I, I don't know how to do it any other way. I I wish I didn't. I'd rather be preaching on heaven. I'd rather be talking about the golden streets and the gates of pearl and the shouting and singing. But brother, there's a lot of people that's not going to make it if we if we don't get them convicted of their sin. A daddy called me. He's probably listening now. And the more and more, I'm getting letters and calls and. And they're asking a question like this. What do you think about oral sex? I said it's sin and of the devil. Well, he said, I just want to hear you say it. Well, I said, you've heard it. 
And I said, you get God's forgiveness immediately. I'm sick and tired of a flesh pot generation. Dirty, sickly, sorry, uh, unclean people. And a lot of them call themselves Christian. Brother, there's a time when God will convict you if you listen to what I'm saying this morning. I said, it's unnatural. It's unholy. It's unscriptural. It's unclean. It's unhealthy. It'll ruin the health. It'll ruin your nerves. It'll ruin your mind. It'll keep you under pressure. It'll make you feel defeated, and you will be defeated. It's unhealthy. And I realize, dear friends, that on this Sunday morning, as I cry out, and I hope the Lord doesn't leave me to preach like this too often, but, brother, there comes a time when I saw couples this week that came in and said their little boy got off of the plane with his long wig on down over his, and the dress on, and everything that a girl wears, had it on to meet his daddy that he hadn't seen, and walk, lives in Corpus Christi. And now then, they've got that to face, and they've got little stepbrothers and sisters there, a little nine-year-old boy that's in great danger. But if that boy's here this morning, and that mother and dad's here, I'll offer you help and hope before it's too late. You confess that. And you know what they said? They said, he doesn't see anything wrong with it. It's the norm. It's natural. Many people, he's seen older people. He's been tangled up with this one and the other one for the last three years of his life. And now then, when a person gets to the place where sin is not wrong, where he can see nothing wrong, it may be that his mind is going blank on him on spiritual things. I'm simply saying this morning, number one, it's unnatural. Number two, it's unholy. Number three, it's unscriptural. Number four, it's unclean. Number five, it's unhealthy. Number six, it's unchristian. There's nothing Christian about a habit like that. Why, brother, God burned two cities off of the map before they ever got the Bible. I mean, before they ever had the Word of God, God just came and looked down and saw the sin and filth, and it burned that place up. There was only one man got out of it. And that was Sodom. That was Lot. And Lot took two little daughters with him. And they were so depraved when they came out of there. And Eve, I mean, Lot's wife was so depraved. And she was so stuck and hooked on Sodom that she looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. And the two little girls induced and seduced their daddy while he was drunk to lay with them. A Sodom city had a horrible effect on two little girls. They'd seen sin. Oh, they'd known sin. Those little girls were in the house when the angels came and when God came and when those wicked men came. They knew. And listen, are you listening? I've never said this before. The daddy that was willing to give those two little girls to the vultures, he became the vulture himself. And those old chickens came home to roost. When those two little girls got out behind the house or out the edge of the cave and said, let's get daddy. And one of them got him and then the other one got him and in the clothes of a lonely, defeated, broken life, Lot came from a horrible city that was left ashes and deep without a wife, penniless, wifeless, friendless. Childless, all the rest of his children burned the cinders in the wicked city of Sodom and Gomorrah and little illegitimate children 
He was their granddaddy and their daddy and lived in sin. And he saw his two little girls sitting there holding his little child and grandchild. Dear friend, sin's just as bad now as it was then. Oh, my soul. When I think about what's happened in America, I realize, and I'm going to give the last reason in just a minute, and this means it's all of it. We're through. Unless something can happen, dear friend, quickly, America is gone. She's down for the count. I think I can see the great referee. Oh, I see the great referee as the giant of sin has knocked America to her knees and then knocked her to the ground. And she lays with blood running out of her nose and ears and mouth. And she's too weak to get up. And I hear the umpire, the referee say, One, two. And somebody said, Get up, America. And America said, I don't have enough strength. Three, four, five, six. Seven. I think we're on about the eighth count now. Maybe the ninth count. Brother, the next one we're through. Oh, say what you will. You can call this preacher the preacher of doom and gloom and all the rest of it. America's gone since God hadn't changed his mind about sin. Last of all, I'm through. I said it's unnatural, unholy, unscriptural, unclean, unhealthy. Unchristian, good morning, old glory. It's un-American. That flag wasn't raised by homosexuals. That old eagle didn't fly over a land of homosexuals. Dear friend, everything that that flag, what do you think that white stands for? They say purity. What do you think that blue stands for? Faith in God. What do you think the red stands for? Courage. Some red-blooded Americans fought dead and died for this country. I'm saying to you this morning, everything they stand for, the flag stands against. Oh, our old forefathers, can you imagine? I don't think it'll be long till we see them. I know this is a little horrible, but... Thomas Jefferson, you know what his uh, what he recommended? You know the law he introduced? And that's to operate on every man and be manning. You say, that's how I know it. But he had some conviction. He had some conviction. After all, dear friend, if I could say it lovingly without being cheap, homosexuals would never replenish the earth. They'll never... And I tell you, talk about this woman priest. She's to be the husband of one wife. How can she be it? We've turned everything around. And I see bad omens in the sky of God's promises. I hear God as He puts on His armor, and this time He's coming for America. There have been times when He came and took our part in the battle. 1918, November the 11th. Why, we hadn't been in the war any time until those old fire closet mamas with their long dresses and long hair went in the fire closet and sweated down uh, with their faith and prayed down the power of God. It wasn't long till the war was over. But now where are the prayer mothers? The beauty fathers are filled, but the prayer closets are empty. The churches have the supper room more than the upper room. 
sort of a country club. I just got a letter from somebody and said, Brother Olaf, I finally got out of my country club church where they play instead of play. We're living in a time when sin, and listen, when the standards get as low as they are, God never changes his mind about sin. The wages of sin is death. And I'm simply saying as I close the message today that uh, it will not be long until the judgment of God will finish this country off. Our money system has failed. The government, the public school system. I've been reading again this week the questions, and I think I'll bring them up tonight, the questions concerning the license and accreditation. What are they after? Why do they want us to be licensed, dear friend, when what they've got is no standard for us? Why do they want us to be accredited or approved by a failing system? Same thing through the ages. We've given away our liberty and our freedom, and when we go into sin, we've signed our own death nail. What about your mother and dad? Did they, how do they feel about it? What about the old preacher that preached 40 years ago, 50 years What do you think about it? What about the men that carved out a nation and called them there? What about them? Were they wrong? No. When did we get the greatest blessing? When men lived holy. What did they call our forefathers? They called them Puritans. They called them our Puritan forefathers. And dear friend, anybody that doesn't have respect for them is pulling on the same rope with communism and Moscow. Ah, uh, listen, we must keep our homes holy. I've been thinking about an old song. Maybe you'd sing it with me, hum along. When I was but a little child, how well I recollect how I would grieve my mother with my folly and neglect. And now that she has gone to heaven, oh, I miss her tender care. Oh, Savior, tell my mother I'll be there. Tell mother I'll be there in answer to her prayer. This message, blessed Savior, to her bed. Tell my mother, I'll be there. Heaven joys with her to share. Yes, tell my darling mother, I'll be there. Let's stand together. I want you to renew your vow to God this morning. Out in Radio Land. Don't fall in with the crowd. Don't join up with Sodom and Gomorrah. God's judgment will come on the person. Now, when I give an invitation this morning, it's not just for people that have this kind of practice. I do not want you to feel particularly individual about it, but it's for anybody that has become careless, maybe indecent in your thinking, maybe untrue in your relationship with God, and you'd like to come. Maybe there's somebody here today that said, well, I didn't see anything really wrong with that. It seems to be so glamorized and popularized, and even the men are being dismissed from the service with an honorable discharge.
today. I just came out, and they're discharged honorably. Oh, this morning, while we sing, my Jesus, I love thee. I know thou art mine, for the all the followers of sin, I resign. How many of you come? Radio friends, don't get mad. Just come to Jesus Christ. I mean, get mad at the devil, but not mad at God in the truth. Why we sing? How many of you would like to come? closed this morning, please, unless you're going to come to the altar like the rest of them are coming now. You know, one of the dangers and one of the beginnings of sin, and I know that these are rather personal, but this morning I hope to get all this out of my system, fondling, playing with each other, dangerous, dear friends. Oh, somehow, if you could just see the little silly temptations that begin, and then after a while. The great Paul comes. Is sin ugly and horrible to you? Why we hum through one more stanza? Would you like to come right now? close the service with our theme song this morning. This is the answer. Oh, at the letters that are coming, evening and morning and at noon. There's something coming out of this kind of three times a day praying. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray, will I pray and Thank you for listening and if you like this please subscribe and consider liking my Facebook page and joining my group Jesus Answers Prayer.